0: Hey everyone, it's Sanira here. As you may know, CEO School is officially part of the HubSpot Podcasting Network. We're now part of a family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like Being Boss hosted by Emily Thompson. Being boss is an exploration of not only what it means, but what it takes to be boss as a creative business owner, freelancer, or side hustler. I enjoy listening in as Emily along with her guest, Nikki Nash discussed very practical ways to create a marketing plan that works. Listen to being boss wherever you get your podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. This is Sanira here. I'm so excited for today's episode as I have one of my best friends on today, Helen Martinez. And Helen is an ultimate mom boss. She has exited um, a company prior to launching. She's a serial entrepreneur who has had multiple successes and is the founder of a brand called Weekend Wayfair. And without further ado, I want to introduce
1: Helen. Hi, Helen. Hey, Sanira. How's it going? Good. We didn't get to go for our run this morning. I know. I I celebrated my 14th anniversary last night, so I didn't think I could get up super early. I wasn't sure what time I was going to wake up. Um, We went out to dinner last night for the first time, so it felt great.
0: Congratulations. So Helen and I are running buddies and have been friends for quite some time in Orlando. We actually met at a women's leadership group and ended up becoming best friends thereafter. And I just loved um not only learning about Helen's story, but she's just this crazy hustler entrepreneur who has pretty much done everything under the sun. And oh, by the way, she's a corporate lawyer as well. Uh, so Helen, can you share a little bit about your current company? And then I'm going to make sure that everybody knows all of the
1: million things that you have done in your life. Definitely. So my husband refers to me, I don't know. I take it as a compliment. It was, it's probably the greatest compliment I've ever gotten. Um, but he calls me a Swiss army knife. And so I feel like I can do a little bit of everything, which is, um, pretty fun, but also it makes me a serial entrepreneur too. And, um, It's a skill set. It's a blessing and a curse, as many people will find out. But um, I am the president of Weekend Wayfair, and it's a handbag company that I started in 2017. And um, we're sold like all over the country, and um, we're still growing. I mean, we are in our infancy. Um, but we've had tremendous success since 2017. You, we can be found in uh, multiple Four Seasons resorts. Um, we just did a trunk show at the Cloister at Sea Island in February. And it's something that I'm really proud of. And so it's grown, but there's still a lot to do. And COVID has given us a lot to think about in terms of um, where the brand's going. But I've done a lot of other things. And I'm a corporate lawyer. Um, I also do real estate development. So I've done a little bit of anything and everything. <laughs>
0: No, Helen truly is a serial entrepreneur and Weekend Wayfair is just a gorgeous brand. Everybody has to go check it out online. And I'm sure we will talk about where to find you shortly thereafter. But Helen is a Swiss army knife. So I want to kind of walk through how you became an entrepreneur and definitely want to talk through the exit of your last company as well. So take me back to when you graduated college and what was your career path there and how you decided to take the plunge of entrepreneurship after becoming a successful lawyer.
1: Definitely. So when I graduated, I'd always been interested. I'm going to back up a little bit. I'd always been interested in design and business. So when kids played doctor, when they were little kids, all I dreamed about was walking down Wall Street with like a briefcase and pumps. So that's what I would talk about (laughs) (laughs) what I want to do with my life. Um, So it's, it sounds pretty ridiculous, but I was pretty excited about it. And I used to go door to door, like selling like sand, like colored sand in jars. And I mean, any product or service um, that I could think of, I would go door to door in my neighborhood. And I'm so glad that my parents supported that and um, weren't too embarrassed to let me do that. But after I graduated from college, I went to Wake Forest Um, I was trying to figure out whether I was going to go to law school or whether I was going to go to Parsons. And at the time, Parsons wasn't very, I mean, it was very well known in the design world, but it wasn't until Project Runway that Parsons really became known as something. And I sat down with my uncle and his partner and they basically said like, just because you go one way doesn't mean you have to give up on the other. You can do both. And I decided to go to law school and I graduated from it, but I still always kept kind of design in the back of my brain. And when I graduated, I went to work for an international law firm, which was super intense. But the reason they pitched me and the reason they really got me was because they said, We're an entrepreneurial firm. There's a lot of entrepreneurial opportunity. So I went there thinking, like, and as an entrepreneur, that's in having that entrepreneur's mindset. So whether I'm working for myself or working for someone else, like, I'm an entrepreneur in that. Like, I take the bull by the horns, I control that. I work as if, like, I'm working for myself, whether I'm employed or whether I've been employed or whether I've actually had my own business. And so I quickly came to find out that that was not. The case. Um, but I had a lot of great experiences there. I met a lot of wonderful people. It was not necessarily an entrepreneurial place. So I went to a business. I went in house for one of the firm's clients and where I really leaned into the corporate and securities work as a lawyer. And I saw when I was there, and this is when I came up with the idea to start my company. I developed software. So when you sell, when you buy a stock or when you buy some type of investment company, whether that's like investment in real estate or any security that's offered, stock or bond that's offered has to go through this due diligence process where the firm that's selling it has to basically investigate it to make sure it's theoretically not a Ponzi scheme. And so I I was in charge of this process for this multi-billion dollar firm in Orlando. And I saw people literally, you know, just emailing Word docs back and forth and Excel spreadsheets. And, you know, it was almost like they were FedExing documents back and forth. And there was no, (laughs) I mean, it seems crazy. So I came up with this idea and it was basically a combination of a TurboTax and a Dropbox. So it told you the questions to ask and, uh, you know, the documents to request and to review and created this, and it gave you a place to store everything, all your documents from the other firms and create this report at the end. So my firm wasn't really interested. It wasn't their business model. They're primarily like an investment company. They weren't interested, but I knew someone who might be. And so I literally went up to this the CEO and founder of this $26 billion company at a conference in New York. And it looked like when when I went up to him, I said, hi, I'm Helen Martinez. I mean, it was out of nowhere. Hi, I'm Helen Martinez. I have this product. It's called DD Wizard, which Looking back, my husband called it the double D wizard. Like, it, it's totally ridiculous. Um, it has nothing to do with bra size, but probably wasn't the best <laughs> name. It's the, like due diligence wizard. I, ah. I went up to this guy, and he looked like I had, and this is like in the early days, like I, I'm not a coder. I mean, I know enough to be dangerous with, you know, web stuff and kind of taught myself a lot, but building this took years. And I went, I found a developer, and I'm still wonderful friends with him to this day. And he would, we'd be on Skype video chats, and he'd see me like making Pancakes for like my then two year old um, when I was going through this process. But anyways, to to sell the company and to exit the company, I went up to this. founder. Wait, wait, wait.
0: So, so yeah. I have I literally have so yes. many questions for <laughs> you, and we've got to slow down. We've got to slow down and talk about this because it's so important. Okay. so you're working at the law firm. So now you and, and it's so interesting when you talk about that. Your uncles gave you that advice that you can have both. That is. Amazing because I wish I had that advice. I've never been told that. I've always been, um, told that you can have only one focus and you can, you'll succeed only at one focus. And it's kind of a, almost a principle that I share with many entrepreneurs that you've got to have your one lane of focus. And I'm learning now having a really successful company that I can have other areas of focus as well that can be successful. And so it's just interesting that you got that advice at such an early age. It's really great. So you, you ended up picking law school. Is what happens. You didn't end up going to design school, but you were still really passionate about design. And so that kind of took a pause in your life at that time. And then you're working for major corporate corporate law, still entrepreneurial, and you're in charge of your own stuff. And you you're probably super frustrated with this process that you're going through. So you're watching everybody go through, uploading these documents, emailing these documents. They're
1: massive. It's a ton of back and forth. And you're like, there has to be a better way. Yep. And I actually started this company when I was and had the idea to start it when I was um, at an investment company. So I left the law firm and had gone in-house for a client. So um, I started the company then and it was literally nights and weekends when I was working on this project. So again, like making pancakes for my kids, developing this product. I mean, I think I came up with like a 75 page statement of work um, for this process and just, I mean, worked my tail off. So it was staying up till like 2 o'clock in the morning, which looking back with infants, like I had two kids, um, I had a, a newborn and a two-year-old. I cannot believe that I did this. I mean, the energy I'm that it was so required. Yeah. No, yeah. it is. It's it's so
0: difficult. But this is where like moms are when you when you're in your zone and you're like, I'm going to fucking do this, you find ways. And so you're working full time, you have two infants, and you're like, I'm gonna develop software. So a lot of times we have really great ideas. How do you like what was going through your head on how did you even go about launching? Right. So one, you're building the statement of work. So you're building out this entire scope of and it's pretty much a business plan on paper, right? That's mm-hmm. that's what you're building. And yes. you build out the software. Can you take me back on kind of the building phases from a software standpoint? I know a lot of the audience listening... Uh, Some of them may not have launched their ideas. Some of them are actually working their corporate job today, and they may feel like they have to go 100%, like quit their day job to then launch something. Can you kind of talk me through how that launch process looked like for you while working and validating that there was a need in the marketplace for your product?
1: Definitely. So... Um, basically I came up with the idea and I knew, I mean, I had just been paying attention. I was a, well, I was an expert in cl- compliance and due diligence and like securities law. So I, I knew the ins and outs of this process and it was such a niche, like such a niche, you know, like niche, niche. It was so, um, down the rabbit hole of something that I knew backwards and forwards. And, and I guess that would be my advice to people too. We like to say their riches are in the niches. Yes. So, and I agree with that. Um, and so this was something I knew how to do. Um, and I knew no one else was doing it because I was in like the epicenter of the space. And so I just started building out this. I literally, it was a word doc and I just started writing out the process. And then I went to PowerPoint and started creating all these workflows. Um, but at the time I didn't know the first thing about software. So, uh, but I did know a friend, I'd heard of a friend who was building this healthcare software and I said, how did you find your software developer? And it was basically an online marketplace for developers and it was a predecessor of Upwork. I can't even, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, but basically I interviewed so many people, I mean, so many potential developers. And then, I mean... By sheer luck, I found someone, um, who really became a partner and cared about us and, and is ultimately a friend today. So it's just taking kind of that first step and putting pen to paper, if you will, and, and getting started and doing I something for yourself. And it's, and it really is, it has to be a hobby and like it's kind of something you enjoy doing.
0: I love that you were passionate about something. You saw that there was a need, and instead of like you know, sometimes we like conjure up this huge thing in our head that is going to be so hard. Obviously, building software isn't easy, but you don't have to be the one to do it, and you don't need to have the team right away either. You just need to get your computer out and start writing, like even of like what this should look like. Even that you did it on like on Word and PowerPoint and started building, like the flows through PowerPoint is so important for people to hear because i think we put up these giant barriers for ourselves before even getting started because we think it's so daunting so we don't even pick up the pen to start and if you don't then you don't even know what's on the other
1: side of yes that's so true and i mean i didn't even have a business model i just knew i had a product that people needed because we'd go to meetings and people say well where's this document did they request this document and you know even the people requesting the documents would it would call us and say like Uh, You know, did I, did I ask you for this already? And so it was just, I knew that there, we needed a way to streamline the process. And so that's really what I wanted to do.
0: So you got your product, you got your team, you started building, you started um, where it was like, you obviously already knew where your customers were. They were, they were right in front of you utilizing a really shitty experience. And you started growing the company What was what were kind of like some of your early challenges, and then I want to hear about kind of the growth side of what happened, and then
1: what everybody's dying here is about the exit. So to find our customers, basically, I was employed, I was working, and so I was just focused on building this product to put it into the marketplace. And but I wasn't sure; I didn't have a plan for how I was going to execute on this. So I self-funded this process of creating the software. And basically, after self-funding the software, I went to this company. It's part of the exit because I knew I knew there was a need for it. I saw that there was a large acquisition in our marketplace of a due diligence firm, like a law firm that does this for their business. I thought, okay, they just spent all this money on this law firm. When I basically created a program that can do this for them without hiring all these people, doing all these things... And I can really, you know, make this more cost effective for them. And I said, that's going to be my client. I knew instead of going out and building this, I had two ways forward. I could either build this out myself, like the client, the customer base, or I could just go get one client and sell it and have that be it. And so I literally went and dangled a worm in front of this fish and they bit it. And that was like, basically that was my client, but also the person that acquired the product um, without any customers. (laughs) That is so crazy. So
0: you literally built this product. And then even before going to market, you're like, let me just go to the biggest company that's going to use this. And yes. they ended up buying it. Yes. What gave you that confidence to show up there and just be like, here's what I've built. No one's using it. It's going to be fantastic. And you need this. And then like, how, what was going through your
1: head, like going to that meeting? Oh, I mean, I can't even tell you. I know that I had been up late. It was in New York. I was at a conference when I pitched it to this, um, the CEO founder of this $26 billion company. And I walked up to him at this conference. I had been up like all night, pretty much because I had lost my luggage. I left my I have blonde hair, but of all, all the blonde moves, like I left my luggage in a taxi cab in New York. So I was like, I was like up all night trying to find it. Like I was borrowing clothes from like a cousin who lived in the village. It was oh just my God. Like, using dry it's shampoo. Like a movie it was, it was so bad. But the next morning I knew I had this window where this, um, CEO would be. So I literally like walked up to him. I mean, he doesn't know me from Adam and I am like, I mean, I'm like a peon, like compared to this person. And I went up to him, I introduced myself and I said, hi, I'm Helen Martinez. Um, I created this due diligence product. It's like a Dropbox and a TurboTax to do due diligence. It's going to like streamline your entire process. It's going to make it cost effective. I want to sit down and I want to talk to you about this product. I mean, he looked at me like I had like come up, covered his eyes, and said, "Guess who?" Or like started tickling him, or like slapped him on the like, <laughs> bot- like you know what I mean? Like totally shocked. And, and and what did he say? I mean, there was not much that came out of his mouth. I have like a bubbly, energetic personality, like for anyone that knows me. And he's the exact opposite. Like very New York, very finance world, not emotional, just looks at me. and kind of looks at me up and down. Like who is this person sizing me up, whatever. So the next week I got a call from someone I knew at the company and she told me, she's actually a very wonderful woman who sponsors other people still. And I still have a good relationship with her to this day. But she said he was impressed and he, he really wants to talk to you about your product. That's so amazing. Fast forward, I ended up resigning. And the day I resigned, I I literally had handed in my resignation. I think I came home and I was shaking because I didn't know, like, I mean, I was I physically having an emotional reaction to it, did not know what was gonna happen next. I had not I had no contract to sell my company. I didn't know that I was gonna be able to go work for it or get another job. I literally had I had zero idea like that any of this would happen. But the day I quit, like I got home and they said, We want to buy your company, can we talk about it? And I said, yes. And then basically two months later, after the negotiations, I sold my company and went to work for one of their subsidiaries. That is so incredible.
0: Congratulations, Helen. That's so amazing that you literally <laughs> you. went from working in that in a company, having this idea, launching the product, and even pre-sales. Because you were actually essentially the customer validating it, right? So you already had validation uh, from peers and from... Um, you know, you actually being in the industry and then exiting your company, joining the 2% club. And literally, it's just so amazing. I'm so proud of you. This is so incredible. (laughs) Thank you. It was crazy. While the markets may have seen a dip in QTVC funding, it doesn't mean that your business can't scale. It just means it might look different to how you had planned. With thousands of in-house crafted integrations for marketing, sales, and service, HubSpot is on a mission to help your business grow better with a CRM platform that's easy to buy, use, and scale. Want to figure out how to streamline your deals? Easy. The sales hub helps you close more deals by automating your busy work. Need to automate your social media? Piece of cake. The marketing hub has everything you need to publish, post, and monitor your social media channels all in a single place. And service hub? Centralized customer data keeps your support teams all moving in one direction, forward. Learn how HubSpot can make it easier for your business to grow better at HubSpot.com. Running a business is hard. Managing employees is hard. Getting customers in through the door is even harder. But getting paid shouldn't have to be. Stax Payments is here to help. Our intuitive platform simplifies invoicing, recurring billing, and enables you to take payments in person, online, and even through text messages. Stax is the one stop hub to get you paid. What's even better? Stax has one flat fee subscription for unlimited credit card processing so you can save money and put more into your pocket. Subscribers to this podcast can save even more by mentioning code CEO20 when they sign up and save an additional 20% on your subscription for the lifetime of your account. Yes, we love supporting women in business. CEO20, stop spending time tracking down customers and getting frustrated with payment tools that will fail you. Automate your business with Stacks Payments today and get your complete payment toolkit. And support another fellow woman-owned business. Learn more at stackspayments.com/ceo school. Again, that's stackspayments.com/ceo school, and code CEO twenty to save another twenty percent. What happens next? Um, so you have this taste of entrepreneurship, you start a company, and then you ended up going back to work yes. uh, for yeah. your company that was acquired.
1: Yes. So I, but this is the, the even crazier part. So the day after I signed the paperwork to sell the company, literally the day after, um, there was an announcement by the company um, that they had made a mistake in one of their like their SEC filings, um, an accounting error that wasn't properly disclosed. And over the course of like the next year, the company like self-destructed and literally does not exist in the same capacity that it does today. So my contract basically wasn't renewed because the company, the, the stock plummeted, everything happened. I worked from home for a year for them. And it was such a blessing at the time because I had, like I said, I have two young children. So I was able to like, you know, work and crush it for them, but also, you know, be at home um, with the kids and see them a ton when they're, you know, infants. So that was a blessing, but I definitely didn't love for the company that they had this error that had happened like prior to my getting there that basically ended up not taking the company in the direction that I wanted to. So um, that was a crazy experience. But had it happened a day before, you know, I probably wouldn't have sold my company. But I was there and I did build out other products for them during that time. And so that was what gave me an idea for my next thing, which was actually... Uh, a beautiful, colossal, fast failure. Um, but basically, I went out to the marketplace and I thought, I can build these custom products for other people. Um, but that wasn't what I... Looking back, that wasn't my specialty. My specialty was like knowing the securities industry and knowing being a corporate lawyer and knowing these things. It wasn't in building software. So that was a really tough year by myself out in the marketplace. Um, and, and so... I, and I also, it, it, but it was, it gave me clarity on things that, you know, that I want and that um, were important to me, which is, you know, I having partners and being able to work with people. Um, and cause I was out on my own and I'm a social being. And so I like having partners. I like, uh, even though partners can be difficult um, and, and it can be a challenge, I, I prefer working with partners. It's just it makes everything a little bit more fun. And so I ended up going to work with with a local real estate developer and kind of managing, becoming an active manager of my own investments. And um, I I admired what this real estate developer was doing in Orlando. It's an urban infill. He basically does um, downtown developments, like taking an urban area and kind of renovating it. I admired what he did and believed in what he was doing. And so I wanted to be part of it. So, the couple of years after I shut down my other business, I've been doing real estate development. And it was about that same time, I went on a trip to India. And that's where I got the idea to start Weekend Wayfair.
0: And so you're now working in real estate, still using your law expertise, but applying it to a different field. Also, I know investment is a huge passion of yours. Helen and I actually have an investment fund together with a group of girlfriends that we help local companies and women founded companies take their companies to the next level. And so I know that's like a huge passion of yours. So you're working here and then you just, you have a trip to India and what happens there? What inspires you?
1: So um, my husband is such a, um, he loves to travel and he's got like a huge sense of wanderlust, and his sense of adventure is contagious. And I went over there and I was actually in a kind of a bad place just because I had just come off this kind of loss, which like anytime as an entrepreneur, you're going to have highs and lows and coming off that year, like was just, I was in mourning. I was sad. i had had a really bad experience where um, I had someone that I thought was a great person take advantage of me in a terrible way, like in a business, in the business sense. And, you know, it's, you know, take advantage of a sense of trust. And, um, I was in a bad place and I went to, um, India actually, because I, one of the relationships I had formed was with some software developers in India and I became such great friends with them. And I literally, I met them online. So you talk about meeting someone online, like dating someone. <laughs> <online>. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you actually met that person. And like this is like, I mean, I literally met these people. I don't know them from Adam. They're in India. And I got to know them so well from like like doing Skype videos with them um, that one of them, their brothers, one invited me to his wedding in India. And he said, We'd love to host you and your family. And it's one of the best experiences of my life. And so we went for this crazy wedding. We where John, my husband, and I danced on stage for like a thousand people. Which was nuts Um, at the Sangeet, I think that's what it's called. Um, But it was, yeah. (laughs) So it was, it was absolutely nuts. But um, one day, um, John was actually sick and I had about two hours to kill and all the markets were closed. And so I went to my hotel and I said, you know, where should I go? Um, Everything's closed. It's a holiday. And they said, well, you know, my friend has this, um, his family owns this small like rug looming company. Would you want to, would you want to go there? And I said, sure. So got in a car and I saw them making rugs and um, I just thought they were absolutely beautiful, these fabrics. And then that's when I got the idea for weekend wayfair. I thought I can do a lot more with these textiles than just put them in people's homes.
0: I can, I can. And so what, what was the idea? What did you want to do with them? Cause so, you're de- like, this is where the design part of like where your passion was like
1: came full circle. Yes. So I started, I, I got like my curiosity was totally peaked, So I started asking all these questions. Like, can I design any, like, can you make a rug for my house? Of course. Of course. Can you do it in any color? And, and yes. Can you, I said, can you mix materials? I mean, just asking all these questions. And I said, do you think you could make a bag out of this? And they said, we've never done that, but we probably could. And so I said, let's, would you want to engage in this sampling process with me? And they said, sure. And I also, at the same time as luck would have it, I met, um, the sister of the groom of my Indian friend, and she is just this beautiful Indian woman with this incredible style. And I said, would you ever want to do something like this with me and help me build this company? And she said, yes. And I mean, she was so thrilled and so excited and she's wonderful and I knew I couldn't do it without her. You're
0: crazy. Okay, stop. Okay, so you're literally <laughs> in India at a wedding. Your husband is like sick at like in the hotel room, and you're like, I have two hours. Like, I'm going to go check something out. So you're like, what else can I go visit? You go visit a company. Cause honestly, if you, you, if you know Helen personally, like that's exactly what she would do. Like, she's, she's always finding. She's, she, you're just always looking for business stuff. Like yes. that is what, if there was <laughs> like, learn. if you could literally go on tour to travel the world and go look at the world's businesses, like that is like a cruise that you'd sign up for. Oh,
1: percent hundred percent.
0: So you're like, let me go to this, let me go to this factory. Okay. And to meet the people. And then of course you fall in love with like the beauty of what they're making And then you strike up a deal. You get a vendor. You get a business partner, and like an like you you literally just make an entire business while your husband's like in the hotel room. Yep. (laughs) And you come you come back, and you're like, oh hey babe, I just started a company by the way. (laughs)
1: Basically, yes. (laughs) So, but he's so supportive of that. Like he loves it. So I just I'm so thankful to him for that. Um. But yes, it was. And he encourages me to travel and try new things. And But yes, a, a, a trip where I just tour like manufacturers, like I want to go to Vietnam. I want to go to Indonesia. There's so many places that I want to go. Um, and But it's it's not just around sightseeing. It's around like, I really want to go and I want to learn these skills like block printing. I learned how to block print while I was there. I'm just like crazy, you know, crazy things. I love learning and seeing these beautiful places and the beautiful products they make.
0: It's so crazy also because you're a lawyer and typically, so if you have any lawyer friends, there's not, no offense to any of my lawyers out there, there's not much creativity for, for lawyers. And it's, it's so crazy that your brain kind of functions in both, like you, you really have both your left and right brain always constantly. It's it's amazing. It's 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 one of your best skill sets. So you come back from India and you get your first run of production of bags. And how did you like? Tell me more about the growth of Weekend Um and also, by the way, can you ever just do one thing? Cause you've literally had like your law practice, corporate, still always in the background. And then also running uh, another company on the side oh and God. raising two kids at the same time. You're I crazy.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. So, no. So to start, to start weekend, I literally, I mean, because I was working with this kind of small family run business. Um, and I, you know, I've stayed in close contact. I mean, they've been at one of our manufacturers for several years now, since we've started since inception. So and we have like two or three vendors that we we work with, and we're starting to expand that a little bit. What was fortunate about that is that I was able to do these small runs. So you know, it, at the beginning, so I started doing these small runs, of the bags, and I literally created it like an Instagram account and put this up there. I mean, like I got a a logo design and my, my, the first iteration of my logo was different than what it is now. Um, but I, I came up with a name. I came up with a logo and it's surprisingly hard to come up with a name these days. Like everything's taken, like, and it's all, I mean, my name was dependent on my URL. I was like, I want to see what kind of URL I can get. And then I'll name my company, which sounds ridiculous. So why Weekend Wayfair? Tell me more about the name. So Weekend Wayfair kind of evolved out of this like sense of adventure that I talk about in Wanderlust. And we, we grow, like, I think you can identify with this. And I think your viewers probably can too. Like we all hustle and work so, so hard that, I mean, a lot of things like, I feel like I live for the weekends. And so I feel like that's when I can reconnect with my friends. Like that's when I actually have an opportunity to breathe again. It was like that when I first started working. And then you can lose that as you get older, if you don't protect that. And so the weekend Wayfair, it's a sense of adventure, like go after your weekends, like as hard as you go after everything else in life and whether that's like honestly staying at home and, and loving into your home and your family, or whether that's traveling or trying something new on the weekends, you know, going kayaking, going like staying at a really nice hotel, um, going, staying in a cabin somewhere. Like it's just going after what you want in life and loving it. And, and, and not losing that sense of adventure. And so that's kind of what's inspired the brand. Um, just cause I that's know how so amazing how I, I how love I, it. Thank you. Tell us where to find it. Oh yeah. Can, cause it's spelled different. Yep. It's spelled like weekend and then wayfair is like phonetically like the, the word for it, but it's W K N D wayfair W Y F R. So it's weekend wayfair with all the vowels removed and it's weekend dash wayfair.com.
0: And we're on Instagram. And these bags are gorgeous. They're so beautiful. And I want to talk about the growth here and kind of all the places that you've been featured. How'd you get into the four seasons? I mean, these bags are absolutely stunning and the names are also so fun, like tequila sunrise fringe with benefits. I love it. Like, and now that I know like the why behind the name, this makes complete sense. And I do, I live for the weekends. I work so hard. We all work so hard and it is exhausting. Like my daughter and I, um, Mila, she knows like, we don't even call it. It's Friday. It's yay. Like yay. Friday is the best day. And we do pizza and movie night every single Friday as a family. And Saturdays are, it's just like, it's the day off. Like it's yeah. so awesome. I love it. Yes. So tell me about the growth
1: here and how can we support you on this next venture? Thank you. So we basically, I threw up an Instagram account and then, um, it, I just started marketing to my friends, like who wants one of these bags? And it basically took off on Instagram. So we don't have like a crazy number of followers, but I mean, we have about 6,000 followers, purely organic. We've never bought a single follower and we've gotten some, we've had some really great features by different people, by different bloggers or magazines. And so I've been really proud of that, but um, it's, it's, we've basically doubled our revenue every year and it, so that growth trajectory has been has been incredible. And we, it, we've had challenges along the way. I mean, you, you have production issues, like COVID, like half of our products are like locked in India right now. Um, so we've had issues and you have to work through those, but it's still growing. In some ways, I, in the infancy of this company, I feel lucky that we don't have a huge infrastructure, um, because we are like an accessories and we want to expand beyond accessories. So I've plans for that, which I can talk about. I feel lucky to be where we are as a company. So we, we're young, we can pivot, we can, we're flexible in in how we can respond to everything that's going on. Um, but with getting into the product into the Four Seasons, which was like a huge thing for us, it literally it was I was at a Christmas market in Orlando, like a large Christmas market at a Country Club, and within like the three hours or four hours of the market, we had like basically sold out of all of our product. We did a huge amount of business within those three or four hours. So I knew that I had something. And that was the first time the public had ever seen my product. And a woman came over and she said, oh, these would be so cute in my store, in our store. And I said, well, which store? And she said, the Four Seasons Resorts. And from there, it just opened up. She, and I was like, okay. She literally connected us with their buyers in LA. And she's like, I've got to get everything pro- approved by the, the buyers. Like I can't make this this buying decision. Um, and the buyers from LA put us in like four different four seasons to start and then we sold out. So, um, it just, it, it it was kind of a crazy thing, but we've had other like garden and gun, we applied for the made in the South awards, like our second year in business and um, they named us as a semifinalist and the style category for like a brand new company. And so I was really proud of that. And so we've had a couple other accolades and I recently pitched like a big company about working with them. So hopefully I can share that
0: soon. That's so wonderful, Helen. And now you're on to your is this your third company?
1: Yes, I think so. If, unless you include like the sand that I sold from door to door. But I was like <laughs>
0: That's so amazing. So for our audience here, you know, it's it's just so incredible to one just watch women just not only do it once and then to continue to be like, okay, now I've got the experience, I have the playbook, I can do it again and I can do it again. It's so incredible. I don't get to hear many of like true serial entrepreneur style stories, and I'm so. So honored that you came on our show today. There were some, some tactical tips or something that you wish you knew at the different stages. So I'd love to have our audience hear some tactical tips and advice that they can take home while building their companies. So
1: I think it's important to be an expert in things, but I also believe what my uncle told me, uncle Ken and Carl told me that like, you can do both. Like you don't have to do just one thing. Like you can have different sides to who you are professionally and to not shy away from that and to believe in that and don't let the naysayers or anybody else, you know, tell you otherwise. I think I'm an empathetic person and I'm a social person. So I think sometimes I let other people project their own feelings like onto how I'm feeling about something. And that's something I continue to work on as an entrepreneur and as a professional, and as a person. And I, I just think you can... <laughs> You need to believe in what you do and you need, you can have more than, you know, just, you don't have to be this, you know, robot about your job or whatever. You can have different parts of your personality and different parts of your professional life. Don't let anyone tell you that you have to do just one thing. When you had your big exit
0: and it's tough to talk about money sometimes, but when you crossed your, when you became part of the 2% club, and this is really important because less than 2% of female founders ever break a million in revenue and it's not necessarily even about the revenue, but even having that exit opportunity, how did you celebrate? So I want to, I always want to go back and say like, what, what did you do on that day or when you got that news?
1: So what's crazy, I was actually living with my in-laws. So at the time, cause we were renovating our house and, um, which was also a crazy time to be like renovating, leaving a job. Like it was, I was, there was so much turmoil, um, but we were living with our in-laws. So I, I honestly think we like, I mean, I think I had a glass of wine with our in-laws like that night at the house. And it was like how we celebrated. I mean, it was nothing. We didn't do anything crazy. And I really didn't have anyone to celebrate with beyond that. Um, And because no one knew it was happening. um, And it was just, it was really simple celebration. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's probably what, uh,
0: what's like most common. It's like, even after crossing some of these milestones, you're like, oh yeah, we like, had a glass of wine or went to dinner and then it's like on to the next day.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's crazy. It's yeah. That's but that's that was it. It was pretty simple.
0: Well, I'm so, so, so proud of you and I'm so glad that you got to share your story with our audience today. Um Stay tuned for Helen's updates on Weekend Wayfair and where the brand is getting featured next. I know where it is, and I'm so excited for this partnership announcement that is going to come. So congratulations, Helen. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode with Helen Martinez, founder of Weekend Wayfair. Running a business is hard. Managing employees is hard. Getting customers in through the door is even harder. But getting paid shouldn't have to be. Stax Payments is here to help. Our intuitive platform simplifies invoicing, recurring billing, and enables you to take payments in person, online, and even through text messages. Stax is the one-stop hub to get you paid. What's even better? Stax has one flat fee subscription for unlimited credit card processing, so you can save money and put more into your pocket. Subscribers to this podcast can save even more by mentioning code CEO20 when they sign up and save an additional 20% on your subscription for the lifetime of your account. Yes, we love supporting women in business. CEO20, stop spending time tracking down customers and getting frustrated with payment tools that will fail you. Automate your business with Stax Payments today and get your complete payment toolkit and support another fellow woman-owned business. Learn more at StacksPayments.com CEO School. Again, that's StacksPayments.com CEO School and code CEO20 to save another 20%. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline the best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO school and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag. So don't be surprised if we want to send you some, thanks for tuning into class today. And remember nothing bad happens when women make more money.